Um, so yes, this morning is our Generation Sunday, and just as a reminder, that's a Sunday where um, you can see all the kids stay in the room with us. We celebrate that we are a multi-generational, multifaceted family. Um, and so this morning, I am, um, don't worry, the quiz is to come, we've not missed the quiz, <laughs> um, but this morning I am going to just give us a bit of a recap of where we've been over the last number of months. Um, and start us off into where we're going to be going, where Lila's going to be bringing us in a couple of weeks. <clears throat> so we started off, um, we've been looking at over the last number of weeks, we've been looking at what it is to steward what we've been given well, specifically our time, our talents and our treasure. Um, and as we thought about time, Neil uh, used the image of a spirograph. So often we maybe think of time as a point A to point B, but actually life is a little bit more messy than that. It's a little bit more circular and swirly and can look a bit untidy at times, but it can also um, create something beautiful in the midst of all the swirling and whirling. Um, it just doesn't always feel as simple as getting to point A, from point A to point B. Um, and what's gone before us, our life experiences, our family, our communities where we were brought up, all these things contribute to shaping who we are today. And some of us experience nostalgia when we think about the past. We look at it with maybe rose-tinted glasses, forgetting about the bad stuff and just remembering the good stuff and the good old days, and almost like a longing for what once was. But then other of us, others of us might look at the past with um, shame and feel uh, shame around our past, shame around our choices, shame around decisions that we've made. And probably, if we're honest, all of us experience a bit of both. Um, there's times where we look at it with rose-tinted glasses, and there's times maybe where we've experienced guilt or shame. But being faithful with our time, being faithful with our past, is being thankful for what's come before us, for what's been handed down to us, and allowing it to help us discern what's happening now, what is Holy Spirit doing now. We talked about the chronos of the, the timeline of our lives and the kairos being the um, moments in our lives that are in the midst of the ordinary, these extraordinary moments that happen and how each moment in our life can be filled with possibilities and how we need to learn to engage in the ordinary moments in between the extraordinary. We asked the question, what would it look like for us to have an awareness of the extraordinary while living in the ordinary every day? And as Neil mentioned, we've talked about fasting as well and how fasting helps us to create space in our lives to listen to God and to tune our hearts afresh and allow him to fill us afresh. It allows us to hear God's voice and let him speak into the different areas of our lives, our time, our talents and our treasure. And this week, like Neil said, we're going to be taking some time to do that again. On Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, we're going to be um, taking some time to fast together, whatever way you feel led to do that, and allow our hearts to be retuned again to God's voice. And then more recently, in the last few weeks, we've been speaking about our treasure. In Scripture, we're uh, encouraged to be faithful um, with each of these elements. And so what does it look like to be faithful with our treasure? How do we steward our money and resources in the best way possible? We talked about tithing and Melchizedek and Abraham and how um, the Bible talks about this tithe or percentage of our income, percentage of what we have um, to be given to God. But is being faithful with that, is that sticking to that law or that rule of a set amount? We then looked at the feeding of the 5,000. 
when the, Jesus, when the disciples saw all the hungry people who'd been listening to Jesus, they went to Jesus and asked him to help. They asked him to do something to help feed them. But to the disciples' surprise, the disciple, to the disciples' surprise, Jesus turned the question back to them. He asked them what they were going to do. And so they went, they went away and they came back and all they had to offer were these two fish and five loaves. And though it was a meager offering, it was everything. Because to Jesus, it's all about how willing they were to give. He's more interested in the heart behind our giving than he is about what we actually give. More interested in our heart than it being an adherence to a rule or a law. So being part of God's kingdom requires us to handle our treasure in a way that may seem different to what society says. We're encouraged as believers to offer our first fruits to God as an act of faithful worship. And money can even be the test case for where our devotion is, our money will follow. So in case you haven't worked it out, hopefully our quiz will give you the clue, but we are going to be talking about talents a little bit this morning. So Daniel's got um, the first slide of our quiz. Um, just a reminder, <clears throat> so a few of, the, few of the questions are true or false. So when it's a true or false, it'll be thumbs up or thumbs down. True for thumbs up. False for thumbs down. Uh, and the other questions are one, two, or three. So just hold up the matching number. So question number one. Who hosts Britain's Got Talent? Is it number one, Dermot O'Leary? Number two, Anton Deck? Or number three, Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield? Yeah, that was a pretty easy one, right? Number two is mostly, I think. I've not seen any other ones. Yeah, number two, and the answer is... Anton Deck, well done. <laughs> Hopefully everybody got that one right. Okay, the next one, Daniel. Okay, this is maybe a wee bit trickier. True or false? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Simon Cowell has been a judge on all of these TV shows. Britain's Got Talent, X Factor, Pop Idol, American Idol, America's Got Talent, and the X Factor US. Is that true or is it false? Mostly true. There's a couple of false. Couple of false. The answer is true. Yep, he was a judge on all of those TV shows. I think he actually owns rights to most of them as well. <laughs> um, okay, next question. Who were the original judges of Britain's Got Talent? Was it Amanda Holden, Alicia Dixon, and Simon Kill? Amanda Holden, Simon Kill, and David Williams? Or Piers Morgan? Amanda Holden and Simon Kill. One, two, or three? Got a couple of, a lot of threes, a couple of ones and twos. Mixture. And the answer is number three, Piers Morgan, Amanda Holden, and Simon Kill. <clears throat> okay, next one, Daniel. Who has not been a judge on Britain's Got Talent? David Hasselhoff. Kelly Brook or Heidi Klum? One, two, or three? Threes, couple of ones, couple of ones, couple of ones. Okay, and the answer is Heidi Klum. She was on the American, America's Got Talent. That was a bit of a trick question there. Um, but yes, she has not been a judge on Britain's Got Talent. Okay, next one. In 2019, Diversity won Britain's Got Talent. Oh, sorry, 2009, Diversity won Britain's Got Talent. But who came in second place? Was it 
Susan Boyle, Stavros Flatley, or Gillian Smith? <laughs> the answer, number one. <laughs> yes, Susan Boyle uh, from my homeland of Scotland. Uh, I think, is there another one still, Daniel? Okay, true or false, Lauren Alred got, to the, got the golden buzzer in season 15 in her audition. Is that true or is it false? Mostly, mostly thumbs up. Couple of thumbs down, mostly thumbs up. Okay, let's find out. True, she got the golden buzzer. And if you don't know, she actually voiced the song Never Enough from The Greatest Showman. Okay, next. Is there still one more? Is that last one? Okay, very good. Thanks, Daniel. <clears throat> so, why does God give us gifts and talents? God gives us gifts and talents so we can glorify him and serve one another. When we trust in Jesus and follow him, God invites us to be part of his kingdom. God wants us to be part of his kingdom in the here and now. And we get to be part of God's kingdom by loving him and by serving him and by using what we know of him to love those around us and serve the people around us. So talents, and I'll use the words interchangeably, talents or gifts are what God gives us. So we have a little, um, little game. This is where it pays to sit in the front row. Okay, so Amelia's going to unwrap the first layer there, and then she is going to tell us what's, uh, what it says inside, and then she's going to get to pick someone to pass it on to. So each layer is a different colour, so try not to wrap and wrap more than two. Faith. So the first one is faith. Okay, you pass it on to someone. Turn it around for me. Yeah, evangelist. Yep, evangelism. Mm -hmm. so evangelism is just a big word for somebody who shares the good news of Jesus. Serving, yep. Somebody who serves, yep. Hospitality, yep. Someone who welcomes people and loves people well. You can go and pick someone to pass it to, Jada. Teaching, yep, that's another, another gift. Unknown. <laughs> Is it there? Healing, yep. There one more? Giving. Okay, so Ruben's got the challenging one because Ruben's not only got sweets for him on that one, but he's got a box full of sweets so he can put that giving talent to, <laughs> to use and um, at the end you can share out the rest of those sweets with anybody who didn't get one, okay? 
Um, so there's more gifts than just those ones that we mentioned. Healing, teaching, evangelism, hospitality, giving and serving. But we'd be unwrapping a lot, a lot of layers to try and get through them all. But each of these things, and each of us have things that we're good at. Uh, and as you were hearing some of those gifts, there's maybe people who come to mind that you think of who are good at hospitality, who are good at serving, who are good at teaching. And I know we have lots of talented people in this room. And it's important that we learn what our talents are, that we learn that God has not only given us gifts, but he's given us gifts that we can share with other people. So maybe like, do you remember the joke at the start where Daniel said, I've got all these hidden talents, but I don't know what they are because they're hidden. Maybe that's what you feel. Maybe you don't know what your talents are. And so first of all, I would say, ask the people around you. They're the people who know you best. And often they will recognize the gifts that you have better than you do. So ask your family, ask your friends, ask the people you work with, what do you see in me? The second thing is not to try and learn our talents by comparing ourselves to other people. And there's times that this can be helpful. You can see somebody doing something and think, oh yeah, that really excites me. That's something that I could maybe do. And that's great. If that's what it evokes in you, then that's great. But more often than not, when we compare ourselves to someone else, we end up feeling badly about ourselves or we end up feeling like we're not good enough to do that thing. So for example, if I was to play a football match against Ruben or some of the other boys, you would think, Amy has zero talent. Or if I was to try and learn Sophia's dance solo, you would also think, Amy is not talented. And I might come away feeling really disappointed, thinking, oh, I've got no talents because I can't play football or I can't dance. But, so that, and that's a problem where we try and discover our talents based on comparing ourselves to other people. We are often our own worst critics. We're far tougher on ourselves than anybody else would be. So we can't measure our talent based on the talent that somebody else has. And so we could be measuring something that we're not gifted in with something that somebody else is gifted in. So we might say, I could never speak in front of people or I could never teach in front of a large group of people because I'm not as good as such and such. But then you're comparing yourself to someone else's gift. God doesn't ask us to be good at everything. He just asks us to be faithful with what he has gifted us with. And we make it really difficult on ourselves to be faithful when we're busy comparing ourselves to the people around us, when we're looking at our gifts through a lens of comparison. One of the things we talked about last year in our midweek series was um, the fivefold ministry, which is um, just a label for um, the prophet, the gift of prophet, um, apostle, teacher, pastor, and evangelist. <laughs> um, and so we spent some time learning about those gifts and trying to see if we could see some of those gifts within us. Um, Daniel, you, there's a little diagram there, if you could put that up. And one of the things we talked about how, um, this is referring to the gift of evangelism, how evangelism can look really, really different depending on who the person is. Um, so if most of you, if I say an evangelist, probably one of the first images that would come to mind is somebody standing on a street corner shouting, you must be born again, or preaching on the street with a microphone. But if we limit evangelism to only that one thing, then we're stopping ourselves from really engaging in what the gift can be fully and probably not recognizing the gifting that we have. So, for example, um, some people are those kind of convincer types who are really going to convince you of what Jesus has done, who Jesus is, who God is. But some people are more um, conversers. They're going to sit and have a chat with you, chat about life. They're going to walk with you 
get to know you, get to know your story and spend time. And so if you try to compare those two gifts, they look really different, but they're both forms of evangelist, the evangelist gift. Um, and so if we, if we compare ourselves, then we end up doubting the gifting that we had. Thanks, Daniel, you can take that one down. So often we are guilty of trying to put the gifts into small, manageable boxes that are easy to understand because it's far easier to identify if they fit into small constraints. But God is a creative God and he's made each of us uniquely. So why would the gifts he's given us not operate uniquely along with us? So not only do each of the gifts look different, but they can be expressed and used in so many different ways because of our uniqueness. Um, Some of the girls were telling me that they were at a stage show on Friday. They went to see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, And I know maybe some of you over Christmas went to see a pantomime or went to the theatre and went to see a stage show. Um, And I also know there are some big fans of Matilda in the room, which came out on um, the movie version, came out of the musical. And in a stage show, there's lots and lots of different roles. So you have the main characters, like Matilda. You have Matilda, obviously. Uh, You have Miss Honey, and you have Miss Trunchable, and some of the big parts that we all know really well. And they spend a lot of their time in the spotlight. In a show, you also have the people who are dancing and singing in the background. They're called the ensemble. So they might have a few lines, but you probably won't remember their name, but they add so much to the show because it might be a bit boring if it was just those three people on the stage. So they add some singing, they add dancing, and they make it a bit more exciting. Also in shows, there are people who are called understudies. So their job is to step in if one of the actors, one of the main actors, can't perform their role that night, whether they're sick or they're on holiday, um, they step in. And usually they'll have a role in the ensemble, um, and then they join in with one of the main parts. So they have to learn two parts to be able to be in the show. There's another role, um, because then once somebody from the ensemble's moved into the main part, there's a big gap in the ensemble. So there's another role called a swing. Now, swings are really talented people who probably don't get a lot of recognition for their skill because they learn multiple tracks. So in some musicals or some shows, they will know a main part, they will know multiple ensemble tracks, and at any given point, they will have to jump in and fulfill that role, and sometimes it can be very last minute. But each of these roles is vitally important in being able to tell the story. Because if someone gets sick last minute, then you need your understudy or you need your swing to be able to jump in and fulfill that role. And so although the show is called Matilda, or about a main character, it would be pretty boring if it was only that one person on stage. And Matilda would be pretty boring if we didn't have Bruce and get to cheer him on as he eats his chocolate cake. So just like in the show, even the off-stage parts are really important. And without them, they wouldn't be able to tell the story. Each of us is needed in the church. Each of our gifts is needed in God's family. We all have a part to play. And some parts will be more visible, like the main characters in the show. Some parts might not be needed every single time, but are still super important to make things happen. And some parts will require us to serve in multiple different ways, like the swings. But all of these talents are needed. All of our gifts are needed and necessary for the building of the church to allow us to love God and to love our communities well. God is creative and he wants us to be creative with how we use our talents. So I use the example of a stage show. The Bible actually talks um, about how gifts and talents can be used by describing it like the body. Um, And so Daniel's got a little video for us to show 
um, that's going to talk a little bit about that. To understand our talents, it will require us to invest some of our time. To steward our talents well, we must invest our time. And one of the best ways to learn what our talents are is to serve. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. What Peter is saying and what matters here is not what gift each person has received, but that each of us use our gifts to serve God and reflect his grace. In other words, because each of us has a gift, we all have a role to play in God's kingdom. If you see a need or an area where you could help, why not get involved? And one of the things that I've learned is that by serving, even when it's something that you're maybe not so good at, it's a great opportunity to grow. And whether you're serving in an area that really uses your gifting or not, you'll learn more about what your gifting is. You'll understand what God has created you and who God has created you to be. And when we're serving, actually, sometimes, and obviously we would love to see everybody flourishing in their area of gifting and the area that they're graced from, but actually there's times that we learn more about who God is when we're in serving just because there's a need for serving. We learn about who God is. We're more trusting in who God is. We need his help more, so we trust and we rely on him more in those moments as well. It helps build our character as we serve um, in those areas just because there's a need rather than because it's something that we're really good at. So Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Stewardship is the surrender to God of all that we have been given. And so Lila is going to be continuing this on in two weeks' time. She's going to be continuing on as we journey through what it is to use our talents, what it is to steward our talents. Um, but I'm going to leave you with this question for this week. How this week can you surrender your talents to God? And how can you best use them to serve God and serve the church?